Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is an entertainment podcast, and the research we do may come from semi-unreliable sources. Welcome to Research Rebuttal Podcast. It's the podcast where two stubborn friends prove each other wrong. Each week, one of us will be the researcher and one of us will be the guesser. I'm Rachel Tyson, and this is Paige Dempster. Hello. And today, we're going to learn about wisdom teeth and table manners. I'll be your researcher today, and Paige will be the guesser. Let's get rebutted. Hey, Paige. Hi, Rachel. How are your teeth doing? Um, you know, I'm not sure. I haven't been to the dentist in a while. I should probably get on that. Yeah, good cleaning once in a while is good for your health. Mm-hmm. I know how yours are doing. Oh, yeah? Tell me. Uh, you need to get your wisdom teeth taken out. Yeah. Yeah. Listeners, if you're listening to this today on Monday, I'm going to be one fewer tooth tomorrow. <laughs> only one? You're not getting all of them? As far as I know, they're only taking out one tooth. Oh. Only the infected one. Mm. as far as I know. This was not a great dentist's office. I don't really know what to expect. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I just hope that you're not going to have to get, like, more of them taken out down the road. I probably will. Yeah, because what happened with me when I got my wisdom teeth taken out when I was 20, two of them were impacted, and they were like, you know, why don't we just take out all of them? I'm like, okay. And so that happened. See, two of mine are impacted, but it's not the impacted ones that are causing me problems right now. In fact, I already talked to a surgeon about this about a year ago, and um, he was like, well, you could take them out now when there's no problems happening, or you could wait until later down the line, (laughs) and maybe there will be problems, but maybe there won't be problems. Oh, you took the risk and you got burned, huh? Well, I was going to get them taken out at some point. I was just hoping it would be without problems. But now there's problems. Well, okay. Very fun. Yep. So we're going to learn all about wisdom teeth for this section. Cool. What is a wisdom tooth? Um, They're this, the very, very smart teeth in the very, very back of your mouth. It's true. It's otherwise known as the third molar, and they're the last to erupt. The last molar. No, the third molar. The third and the last. Wow. I know, right? Now, you already said that you had yours taken out. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like for you? Um, I was on pretty crummy insurance at the time, so I couldn't afford to get knocked out for it. So, yeah, so I got, I think, four shots of Novocaine. Yeah, same. Yeah, and it was horrible. I did it on a Friday. I was pretty, I was in pretty rough shape for the entire weekend. I could not stop bleeding. And then I went to class on Monday. How was that? It was pretty bad, not gonna lie. 
but I persevered. Yeah, yeah to be put under is going to cost an extra $250, and... Don't got time for that. Don't yeah. got money for that. Yeah, I'm pretty concerned. Just shoot me up with Novocaine and get it over with. I really want to be put under for this. I perfectly understand, but I don't... I don't want to like go into too much detail as to like not freak you out before you get before you go but you know how I am where I have to like crack every part of my body to feel okay right yes the sensation of getting my teeth pulled definitely gave me some kind of satisfaction from the noise that it made like I, I didn't it didn't hurt but like I could feel something happen and I heard Kind of like when you bite into an apple, it sounded like that. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) But it didn't hurt. It did not hurt. I was okay. So, you know, you'll be fine. Yeah, I had a few teeth removed when I was uh, almost 10. I was about to turn 10, but those teeth were baby teeth and they were already loose. Hmm. So I imagine that getting a wisdom tooth removed it feels a lot different than having loose baby teeth removed. Yeah, because baby teeth aren't really meant to be there after a certain point. Yeah, they were already going to fall out, like, soon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. How old are you when they erupt, if they're not impacted? Your baby teeth or your wisdom teeth? Your wisdom teeth. So how old are you when they erupt? You're usually an adult by then, right? Generally, you tend to be between a teenager and a young adult when they come through. It The age varies, and it kind of depends on different things. So true or false, you can have more than four wisdom teeth. I feel like that's true. It I is mean, true. Yeah, it's got to be like some horrible nightmare, but I feel like that can be true, yeah. It's true, and they're called supernumerary teeth. Oh, I hope... No one has those. Maybe it's not so bad. I don't know. Like, maybe sometimes they just stay stuck up there. I can chew food really good. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, okay. But first, what's an impacted tooth? It's when it grows in sideways, right? Basically, it's a tooth that gets stuck against other teeth because there isn't enough space. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have two impacted wisdom teeth but two that are not. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, the two that are impacted are on the bottom. Oh, mine were that way too. Aw, maybe that's like common or something. Maybe. But my top two are coming through. Oh, that's good. And and causing problems. Oh. (laughs) Rip. (laughs) Yeah. True or false, impacted wisdom teeth move other teeth and cause crowding. Um, I think that's true because that's what happened to me. It's false. Really? I wonder what happened to me then. They used to think this way, but they've since figured out that like, although yes, sometimes your teeth do become crowded, it has nothing to do with your wisdom teeth. They just like, they were going to be crowded anyway. Oh, that's interesting. Cause the dentist told me that my wisdom teeth were causing crowding. Yeah. that's It's the old way of thinking and it's not actually true. Oh, very interesting. Right, right. What is pericoronitis? Pericoronitis. Is that what you have where the wisdom teeth get infected? Yep. Ah. 
It's where the wisdom tooth is partially erupted, but the gums become inflamed and infected. Ooh, fun. That's me right now. Hmm. How is your pain level? Right now, it's, like, manageable. But the pain after the procedure and the resulting infections are not going to be fun. I can certainly imagine. You're going to have to drink a lot of smoothies. Yeah, I've already started my prep. Hmm. Hmm. What is agenesis? Agenesis. Um, it's when all of them become infected at the same time. No. Oh. But that sounds terrible. Yeah. It's when an organ doesn't develop during embryonic development because there is no primordial t- uh, tissue. What does this have to do with wisdom teeth? Well, because some people don't grow wisdom teeth (gasps) lucky souls oh my god in fact which group of people is least likely to experience agenesis in wisdom teeth and which group is the most likely which group i know but like by group what do you mean like nationality um ethnicity ethnicity um and can you repeat the question again which group of people is least likely to experience agenesis in wisdom teeth and which group is the most likely? So if agenesis is where the wisdom teeth don't develop, hmm. then um, I'm likely to experience agenesis means they do have wisdom teeth. I'm going to say ethnicity wise, black people are the least likely to get agenesis and white people are the most likely. Aboriginal Tasmanians are the least likely. Oh, cool. And it's most likely in indigenous Mexicans. Oh. So indigenous Mexicans are very unlikely to develop wisdom teeth. That's really cool. Right. Does the age of eruption depend on genetic ethnicity? Yes. Yeah, you're right. Uh Uh-huh. So an example of this is people with African heritage tend to have wisdom teeth eruption earlier than people with Asian or European heritage. Hmm. I wonder why that is. Genetics do fun stuff. Oh, yeah. What is the function of wisdom teeth? Um, extra chewing. And they make you smarter if you keep them in your head. Extra chewing, that's pretty close. Their function is to chew harder foods like leaves and roots. Ah. And if that's the case, how come so many people don't have room for them? Because we don't need to chew those things anymore, really. Exactly. They're evolutionarily left over from when we had to have those harder to chew diets. And so now our jaws are smaller because we don't have to chew like that anymore. Thank God. But it means we're still in the middle of an evolutionary process where we have extra teeth that are causing us problems. So if we wait like a few thousand more years of not eating leaves and whatnot, we'll evolve to not have to have wisdom teeth? I would imagine because they're, like we said, there are people who are born without them. So I can't wait until we get to that point in humanity. Yeah, me too. And now it's time for a word from our sponsors. Do you lack knowledge? Do you want to know more? Then get Wisdom Tooth flashcards. 
Each flashcard is full of knowledge to give you more wisdom on life with questions such as, why are we here? What is the purpose of life? And our favorite, how many teeth does it take to chew a twig and a leaf? You and your children will benefit from wisdom tooth flashcards. You'll be saying, I want to put these cards in the back of my mouth. Wisdom tooth flashcards. Grow your wisdom today. Brought to you by the American Citrus Council. Welcome back. Hello. Did you buy your wisdom tooth flashcards? Yes, and I have learned so much. If you want to know the meaning of life, get your wisdom whatever flashcards today. Did you ball up your wisdom tooth flashcards and put them in the back of your mouth to stand in as teeth? Yes, and they are semi-useful in that regard. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. Hmm. I've never masticated better. Well, you know what else has to do with mastication and wisdom teeth? Table manners? How did you know? Oh, I don't know. Maybe because I have access to the Google Drive and I can see your research while I'm doing mine. Not that we look at each other's research. No, I didn't. I just looked at the title. Yeah. Viewers, listeners, we don't cheat. This is an honest podcast. (laughs) It's as honest as it can be. That's right. When do we ever lie? Sometimes I lie to tell myself I'm okay. Mood. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about again? Table manners? Table manners. Okay, very cool. So before we dive in, table manners is a very loaded topic, and there were a lot of different directions to go down. So I'm going to ask you your opinion. What's the point of table manners? You know, I feel like manners themselves are a social construct, so... It's hard to really say what the point is because I feel like the point is very subjective. Um, if I had to give my best guess as to what why they're important objectively, it's perhaps to show respect to the people that you are around. Yeah, that, that's a pretty common consensus. It's basically to be comfortable and help other people be comfortable How do you consider your own table manners? Are they good, bad, whatever you want to say about them? I can kind of turn table manners on and off. When I go out like to like a nice restaurant or something, I'll like sit up straight, elbows off the table, take hat off if I'm wearing it. But when I'm at like my house, I will, you know, one, first of all, most of the time I'm eating in my bed, which is bad. Second of all, uh, elbows are 100% on the table and I'm hunched over my dish like a little goblin eating it as fast as I can so I can go back to my room. That's fair. And I think that's pretty normal to have different manners when around other people and in public than when you're on your own. Right. Do you think table manners are important? Um. No. Okay. That's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Are they classist? Probably. This is my own opinion. I don't think table manners are inherently classist, but I think that they're used in classist ways. Like, if people are insisting that their cultural set of table manners is the only correct 
way. I think that's very problematic because different cultures all have very different sets of table manners. And so, yeah, they're definitely socially constructed, but they're very real in the sense that different cultures all have different things that they do. And when people are like, no, my way is the only civilized way, that's a problem. That is most certainly a problem, yeah. But I do think that having a cultural set of general table manners isn't inherently a bad thing. And I think there's room for variation in what that looks like. Yeah, that's a fair point. It's like, I, it's not like I hate table manners. I just don't deem them entirely necessary, I guess. Yeah. So now we're going to jump into some American traditional table manners. Ooh. And for listeners, by all means, like not all of this is universal and it's a lot of it is pretty classical and like we're not hating on you for doing what you do because we don't do a lot of this anyway. I certainly don't. Don't worry. What should you do with a napkin in a restaurant? You are supposed to put it on your lap. And what should you do with it if you have to get up for any reason? You should take the napkin off of your lap and place it on the chair. Mm. Oh, is this supposed to be like on the table? It's it's rebuttal time. Oh. If you have to get up for some reason, you should loosely fold your napkin and put it on the right or left of the plate. Oh boy. Oh, I'm going to be kicked out of Portobello's. What should you do at the end of a meal with your napkin? Um, should you perhaps place it on top of the plate? That's what I do. You should semi-fold it and leave it to the left of the plate. Oh. Now, I grew up with a mom who was very insistent on table manners. I Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I'm not saying this is a bad thing. But I am definitely in the habit of when I go out to restaurants of putting the napkin on my lap when absolutely nobody else does that. Yeah, I know. I notice that's a thing whenever I like go get food with you, <laughs> even if it's a paper napkin. It feels it does not feel right if I don't do it. Like it is that ingrained in me that if I go out to eat somewhere, napkin on the lap, unless it's like Burger King or something. Do you like at home? Do you guys do that too? No, the only time we ever did that was if we had like fancy guests and that didn't happen very often. Oh, okay. Yeah, we did not do that at my house. Yeah, it was not a normal thing for us to do at home. In fact, when I only put my napkin on my lap whenever I go out with you specifically. <laughs> you don't have to. I do it because, like, I want to be included. <laughs> it's just my own neurotic habit. I know, but it becomes it becomes my neurotic habit, too, when I'm with you. Aw, I love you. Aw. Um, well, I will say that whenever we would go to someone else's house as, like, a family for dinner, we were expected to do the same at someone else's house. Oh, okay. Yeah. And there's, like, other general table manners things that are just, like, hammered into me that I must do. <laughs> How do you know which dinnerware and which utensils and cups are yours on the table? Um... Instinct. I remember this was a thing at my bat mitzvah. Oh. 
like nobody like at the kids tables knew what to do <laughs> it's true i didn't and i had to teach everyone oh my god so not only did i teach torah that day but i also taught table manners it's a lawless land at the kids table at the bat mitzvah yeah really so how do you figure out which are yours i think other than instinct of course your cup will be to the top right of your plate and your napkin will be to the left. And also bread plates and other types of things are to the left. Oh, okay. What about utensils? Um, shoot, I always get the utensils confused. Is it the fork is on the napkin and the knife is on the opposite side? You're right that they're on the opposite side. I not the utensils aren't always going to be placed on the napkin though mm. it kind of just depends but um yeah they're kind of separated that way and then do you start inward and work outward or do you start outward and work inward i think you're supposed to start inward and work your way outward you're supposed outward, to start inward. really you're really? supposed to start with like the tiniest things i thought the tiniest implements yes which are usually on the outside oh i always thought they were on the inside Nah. Shows how many fancy restaurants I've been to. And where should you put your utensils when you're not using them? Um. 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 Next to the plate on the left. Unused utensils stay on the table, but once they're used, you always put them on the plate in a wait for this. 420 position <laughs> like on the clock you mean i think so okay oh okay so that means like on the right side lower down yeah i think yeah okay and what should you do if someone asks you to pass the salt or the pepper you put your utensils down in your 420 position, blaze it, and then you reach with your right hand, no matter where the salt or the pepper is, and grab it and hand it to them. Tip your hat if you're wearing one, and then pick up your utensils again with your right hand. Place your knife in your right hand and your fork in your left hand. If someone asks you to pass the salt or the pepper, you always pass them both together. Oh. Huh. Because you don't want one of them to go missing. But what if I'm allergic to pepper? You don't use it. But what if, like, I touch a particle of it, my hand will swell up? I would imagine then there could be accommodations made. There better be. How should you serve yourself food? Um, cordially. Always scoop away from you instead of toward you, like an exacto knife. I feel like I would not do well with that. I feel like I would accidentally fling food into someone's face if I did that. Which would be hilarious. Yeah, but not at not a Portobello's. There are very specific exceptions, and it depends on the type of food that you're serving. So if, let's say, there is a container of caviar you should scoop directly upward instead of in any particular direction. 
I guess that kind of makes sense because I feel like if you did it directionally, you you would risk popping some of the caviar caviars against the can by accident. That's exactly why. Oh, cool. Okay, that makes sense. And in a similar mood, when you are serving caviar, you always want to use a non-metal spoon. I have noticed that. I've seen a lot of them made out of like ivory and stuff. Yeah, any kind of mother of pearl spoon, anything natural, just not metal. I'm going to do it with like a plastic spoon. You can. That would be better than a metal spoon. Interesting. Why is that? Because the metal oxidizes the caviar and it makes it taste really bad. Oh, okay. That's actually very cool. Right? Yeah. Should have saved that for a fun fact. Yeah, I should have. And finally, how much should you tip for the coat check and the car attendant? Um, okay. If we're talking like super, super fancy, like hella fancy, I'm going to say 10% for coat check, 30% for car. Of the food bill? Yes, of the food bill. A general rule is you should tip $1 per coat and $2 for valet. Okay. Because you're tipping the people who work that section directly. Because when you tip on the bill, that tip is going to go to the servers and the kitchen staff and whomever else, but not the coat checkers or the valet. Oh, okay. Interesting. How much? Sorry. I don't think I've ever tipped for coat check in my entire life. You're supposed to. I don't. Well, and also, I don't think I've ever gotten my coat checked in my entire life. Not even at a museum? Um, shoot, I guess that's true. But I was like 17. Why don't you think I'm going to have extra money to check in my coat? And they require you to check in your coat? I I don't make the rules. Mm, Table manners. How much should you tip for the food bill? Supposedly it's supposed to be 15, but I always do 20. Yeah, 15 is kind of like the sort of old school way of thinking like when we were much younger like in the early 2000s and like the 90s 15 percent was the norm Mm -hmm. but the norm has changed to 20 percent for like standard and then up to like 25 percent i think that's good i think so too Mm -hmm. listeners tip your servers like jesus christ generously yeah generously tip them because That's, you know, how they're trying to survive. Mm -hmm. Well, that was another fun episode of Research Rebuttal Podcast. You can find us on social media on Twitter at Research Rebut and on Facebook and Instagram at Research Rebuttal Podcast. You should always email us topic suggestions. We get hundreds every day. (laughs) You said we don't lie on the show. You can email us topic suggestions anytime at researchrebuttalpodcast at gmail.com. Why? Because we like Google. Tell us how good your table manners are. Tell us if you think they're too classist. And have you ever had your wisdom teeth out? I want to know all about your experience before I go in for this. For her own good. For my own good. American Citrus Council. Please. What are you doing? Please, come on. It's been how many months now? Been at this since like July. Come on. Give us your money.
please. Please. All right. See you later. Do you hear bun chewing? Yes, I do. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.